I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live on Grant and Danny from Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria. They've got the double-deck driving range with 70-plus bays, all with top tracer technology, putt-putt courses, full restaurant. Everyone in the family can have fun. Go to rudysgolf.com. They're the new go-to spot for golf and entertainment. We're taking you to 6.30 tonight on the Fan Caps Hockey this evening. They've got the Seattle Kraken coming to Capital One Arena. You'll hear the game just after 7, about two hours and five minutes from right now, right here on the Fan. Question at hand is, should the commanders be making their coaching decision in any way based on what they're going to do with the number two pick? My premise is if you're taking a quarterback, you really need to draft the guy that's going to develop that quarterback. Uh, as you're a head coach throughout this process, that's who you're looking to hire. And you want to sign and hire and bring in a head coach who's going to be with that QB ideally for years and years and years to come. Rather than, say, the Houston situation, where it looks like they might have found their rock star head coach. And, look, I'd sign up for what just happened with them. But you've already seen that they're – young hotshot coordinator they brought in to help their quarterback is getting coaching interviews and might leave. And then C.J. Stroud will be on his second offense in two years in the league, Mm -hmm. his third and three years overall. And what happens if the next O.C. is not as good? Like it it presents a bit of an issue. So this is not the age-old do-you-go-offensive-minded or defensive-minded debate that has raged on as much as this is a unique situation because they're picking second and there's a really, really good, I'd say, what, an 80% chance right now? that they're taking Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams at number two? Yes. Should that factor into the hire, yes or no? That's the question. And, again, the pass, path rather of least resistance is to say offensive mind makes it easy. Even if you don't necessarily agree that that's the right thing, the rest of the league thinks that way, and that's going to affect you and your organization. Again, think about the number of guys that have gone and pit-stopped for a year, two years, and are now head coaches in this league. Guys like Matt LaFleur. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan leaves here, has to call plays in a couple different spots, gets his head coaching gig. Uh, Zach Taylor. You can go up and down the list. Mike McDaniel. You do a thing where if you demonstrate you can call offense, that's what owners want. They yeah. want to pair that. They want to do that. Even if you don't think that's essential, the rest of the league does. You either have to buck the trend in a major way or play ball. And – it's not crazy to say we should play ball because it's easier to do this, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to, in my opinion, but it is a simpler way to kind of keep this, this cohesive group together, right? To pair those guys for 15 years 
is much easier than if you've got a defensive coordinator paired with a, with a coach with an ever-rotating cast of offensive minds. You can tweet us at FunnyDanny for DR, at Grant H. Paulson for me. A couple people have said this. <clears throat> They've said, well, they shouldn't really be considering that they're going to take a quarterback yet. How could they know? That should be up to Adam Peters, who's not here yet. You know, that should be up to the head coach who hasn't been hired yet or whatever. And to that I would say, if the GM and the head coach are as smart as they should be to be hired here, then their thought is going to be to draft a quarterback number two. Because quarterback is the single most important thing to have figured out in this league. And to get a job where you've got the number two overall pick is a godsend. Ron Rivera had this, by the way. You got hired, and they ended up with pick number two in the draft. He passed on taking a quarterback and said, I'll figure out quarterback later, kind of kicked the can down the road. And it haunted him for four straight years. But generally speaking, when teams are picking that high and they don't have a quarterback, it's not really a debate. You, you try to solve the riddle. and You might get it wrong when you guess, but you're going to play the game. You're going to guess. So – Adam Peters or Ian Cunningham, as an example, um, whether it's Ben Johnson or, or, or any of the other candidates from a head coaching standpoint, when they're interviewed, ownership's going to say, what should we do at number two? Which of the two guys do you like? What do you think about developing a quarterback? What do you think about sticking with Sam Howell and trading down and building? That's going to be part of the interview. Ownership's preference, presumably, having been here for a year, would be to draft a quarterback to pair with the GM and the coach all at the same time. So getting the job, I don't think it's a prerequisite, getting the job is probably going to mean that they're willing to draft a quarterback at number two as well. Let's go to the phones, though. 800-636-1067. See what you guys think. William is in D.C., live on Grant and Danny from Rudy's. What's up, William? Okay, and I, no, I don't think it's that they don't have to necessarily take an offense coordinator, but my question is, why is Ben Johnson the, the, the hot commodity right now? He ha- I mean, he has a, he has a veteran quarterback, um, unlike Tex- the Texans who have done it with a rookie quarterback. Why, why is Ben Johnson the hot thing right now? Two years of top five offense with a guy that the Rams couldn't wait to get rid of that was viewed as a salary dump that he resurrected into a – uh, you know, 60-plus passing touchdowns over the last couple of years. Uh, pretty innovative and, you know, effective and against pretty much all comers on, at home and on the road. I mean, it's, it's been pretty good, I would say, right, over, over a couple of years. Now, yeah, if your number, point is it could, be, it could be more years, yeah, but then you probably miss out. Yeah, I mean, the number three offense in the so, league. Uh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, you, you dropped. You could call back if you want. I, I'd love to hear, uh, like, what, what your – kind of next question is there but um number three offense in the nfl number five in rushing number four in passing number three in avoiding sacks number five in first downs per game uh they're good at everything they are third in the red zone they're top 10 in goal to go they're fifth in time of possession they score 27 points a game uh you mentioned a veteran quarterback not a veteran quarterback that anybody wanted as danny said the Rams moved on from Jared Goff and traded him and got rid of him and got out of the Goff business, out of the contract, because they were over him. Uh, they went, by the way, Detroit, in year one with Goff at quarterback, went 3-10-1. and 
Now, I don't do quarterback wins and losses, right? But in that year, Jared Goff had less than 20 touchdown passes in a full season as a starter. I think he played in 15 games that year. You know how hard it is to not complete 20 touchdowns in 15 games in this NFL when your team is behind every single week? Uh, he has completely made him a different quarterback again. Goff has gone from, in L.A., being a 22-touchdown, 16-pick QB, 20-touchdown, 13-pick QB, to being a 30-touchdown guy the last couple of years. Basically a 3-to-1 touchdown interception ratio. Now, I, I still don't think they're out of the woods. I mean, Jared Goff could throw three picks this weekend and lose them the game against the Rams, but Ben Johnson's done wonders for him. Uh, he is extremely balanced. They've done a lot with a little at the wide receiver position other than Amon Ra St. Brown. Like, they basically have a guy that everyone can key on. Look at what happened with their rookie tight end they got this year. Anytime they go get a Matoy, what happens? St. Brown was, I think, a third-round pick. He was like the 16th wide receiver chosen in his draft class. He's now a top-10 receiver in the game. Sam Laporta was a second-round tight end. He had 10 touchdowns this year. And outside of maybe TJ Hawkinson, you know, he's, he's in the same category now with George Kittle, Travis Kelsey in terms of production this season offensively. So, I mean, those are some of the reasons people like Ben Johnson. As far as juxtaposing him with Slowick, Slowick did an amazing job. It was his first year as a play caller. Ben Johnson's had two and a half years, so, so quite literally like two and a half times the experience. Also, I just think there are probably questions about Slowick's readiness to run a whole organization. He's very inexperienced and young as a coach. Ben Johnson's coached more positions. I think he's coached tight ends, which is what uh, way back in the day he coached. He's coached some lines. He's done a little, a little bit of everything. So those are some of the reasons I think Ben Johnson's really popular. Yeah, and, and again, it's a – the rest of the league is in two, right? If this was – if we were the only city that's going like, oh, we're such, we're such fans, we got to have we got to have him. This was a guy that was sought after last year, right? He was, get, he was Bobby Slowick last season. Right where this group was awful, he takes over. They were the hottest team in football, basically down the stretch. Not Green Bay out of the playoffs. He's turning down interviews last year for some of these bad programs. Yeah, he actually turned down the job. You know, he stayed in Detroit when he was going to get mm -hmm. an offer. Honestly, as weird as it sounds, that makes me like him more. There is a comfort and just a confidence, like betting on yourself in that regard. But also, there's a feeling of knowing what you're like. The idea that maybe he didn't think he was ready. Last year, I find that really appealing. It's almost like being turned down by a girl, and then you work harder to get her attention after that or something. Like, I like that about him. Uh, this guy just tweeted something funny, Texas Redskins fan. He said, why do you keep saying you want to draft a head coach? <laughs> I have said that, you like have said that so six times. times the last few days, and I always have to correct myself that they need a draft, and then I have to stop myself and say sign or, or hire. Should they draft a head coach? They should if they could. That'd be nice. I, I would love to draft a head coach. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I can't stop saying it. You're right about that. Gus is in Arlington on G&D. What's up, Gus? How are you? Hey, guys. Um, the thing is that, uh, you know, this is a – if you think about offensive minds, you're thinking about guys who will be their first year in their head coach position. I don't want them to just focus on quarterback, even though that's what the deal's going to be. I mean, only if they have, like, their own sort of offensive genius coordinator come in as well. Um, that's my issue with hiring an offensive-minded head coach when we have the number two pick that might go quarterback. Meaning what? You're afraid that they would then just draft one rather than doing something else? Well, I think 
you know, like everyone says, like when you're up that high and there's no big trade down possibility, then you sort of almost have to draft one. But then at that point, you have a rookie QB with a rookie head coach, and that hasn't really happened in recent NFL history to success with a top five draft pick and a first year head coach. Uh, Shane you can't Steichen. Really find that combo. In Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, Houston's not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but they're pretty good. That was with with Minshew. Well, I'm not saying that Richardson's the reason they won. I'm just saying that a a rookie coach took a top-five pick. Like, that's why he was hired. Yeah, Houston's in the postseason this year with those those circumstances. If your point is they're not going to win the Super Bowl this coming season, you're probably right about that. I don't think that's the expectation either. It's not for me. We're looking for something that's going to be the honeymoon for a long, you know, at the beginning, not a honeymoon. Looking for something that's going to be this beautiful relationship for a decade plus. You're trying to find your institutional guys where when you think of Washington, you're going to, the way we think now of Gibbs and Bobby Bethard, I want to think of Adam Peters and, you know, name that offensive coach and the quarterback established. Something we have not had here forever. I mean, literally, it's not since Sonny Jurgensen. Zach Taylor of the Bengals uh, got that job in 2019, and then I think they took Burrow maybe the following season. 2020. Uh, but, like, that would be a good example. I don't know how, how big of a difference. I guess if you're bothered by the idea that it's two rookies, but I actually think that's the best way to go, right? It's why the Colts brought in Steichen, because of what he'd done with Hurts, and they said, do this with Richardson when we draft him. It's, it's why the Bengals wanted – Taylor because they knew he'd worked with quarterbacks at a high level and they said do this for our guy that we find and that guy happened to be luckily for them uh, Joe Burrow although it was almost Washington's guy if they just could have stopped could have not stopped the two-point conversion against the Dolphins Dominic is in Ohio very handsome listener what's up Dominic hey Hey, boys thanks as always for taking the call uh, I think Harris said it best during his presser he was like uh, we need to be flexible with talent and that's that's my stands on this i would also prefer like danny having an offensive minded guy as in that seat for that qb but if we if we get this right and adam peters comes in and he's in lockstep with his uh, head coaching decision then whether that guy's an offensive guy or a defensive guy won't really matter because we'll actually have a clear vision from the top down and that's going to help us more than anything and as i was kind of on hold there was one other point of there may be this inherent benefit to having a defensive-minded head coach because that leaves your OC to focus solely on OC things. Guys like Mike McDaniel and those guys uh, that are that are kind of taking this mantle and doing it, they also have those additional head coaching responsibilities. If we get a guy like uh, you know Ben Johnson or Slowick or one of the tier two offensive guys or you know uh, a, a defensive-minded guy comes in as the top spot and he brings an OC, that guy is going to be laser-focused only on the development of Mayor Williams. And that may be an additional benefit. I don't know if that's true or not, but it was something I thought of as we were sitting here and, and kind of chopping this up. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Although, for me, the way I would like it done, and I think this is probably the case, to use his example – of uh, Mike McDaniel. If you're a guy like that, Kyle's a good example. Don't get me wrong. You have a lot of responsibilities as a head coach. I think you hire a super qualified, like leader of a building DC, and then you don't have to worry about as much. So McDaniel did this with the former Broncos head coach, Vic Fangio, as an example. Uh 
I don't think Mike McDaniel's in defensive meetings, like, doing anything. I, I think for the most part, he is an empowered offensive coordinator. Yeah, with Sean McVay as, uh, as Wade Phillips. Exactly. the D.C. And since then, a bunch of guys that have gotten jobs, right? With Shanahan, it was uh, Sala who would get a head coaching job and D'Amico Ryans. Like, I think those guys are kind of glorified OCs who happen to lead some speeches. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, it really is. My job is to score points and uh, do some PowerPoint slides to show you how practice is going. Right. And, I, and here's, that, here's a way to say we have to play hard this week. Yeah, I don't know. if <laughs> you know? I, I'm not pretending to – McDaniel's not, like, influential or doing some good things overall in the building. Right. I, I just think that the job for those guys is actually fix Tua. Mm-hmm. You know, like, solve quarterback. Make Jimmy Garoppolo not terrible, Kyle. <laughs> right. Win. Check. Uh, Gary in Fairfax, you're on G&D. What's good? Hey, Charles, what's up? What's up, Gary? Hey, look, uh, I, I I understand what you're saying, Grant, but I, to me, this is what I think, man. And with today's players, you better be a guy who can get these guys' attention and be a people person because, you know, a lot of these guys that's coming in, first, second-round guys, the, the, the All-Americans, these guys are millionaires, man. These guys are rich, a lot of them. They, they already didn't make money. So whether it's on the offensive side of the ball or defense, or, I mean, look at the guy in Baltimore, Harbaugh. He's still a special teams guy. But he has the respect and the command of the whole team. So to me, get you a good offensive coordinator and or quarterback coach. Let them deal with that. But you better be able to, like I think you were just saying earlier, command the building. Get these guys respect, man, and get them to buy into whatever it is you're selling. Because these dudes, they're not like the old guys that uh, 10 years ago. These guys got money, man. They don't have to listen to whatever you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. They so don't do that. I was talking, you're right. I was talking to an agent uh, two nights ago. And I was asking, you know, we were just talking, and he said, you know, I have his pool of players, like in this year's draft is what I was asking about. I was like, who do you got this year? He's like, it was really hard this year. He's, he said, it's too hard to get these guys. They want too much money. They're making so much money now that these players, just the amount being dumped into them before the draft has skyrocketed because, like, what used to be a lot of money to them is no longer. So the top agencies are having to pay more, and the little agencies probably can't keep up. But, yeah, I, I think Interesting. It, when we talk about whether it's BNME or anybody else, like the conversation about relating to players, that's part of the changing landscape, I would guess. Javel and Culpepper, what you got? Good to talk to you. Hey, Grandin, how you doing, guys? Good, buddy. What's up? Chilling, man. Um, so, no, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that we need to marry um, – our first-round draft choice if it's a quarterback with the head coach. And you guys have made some points earlier um, that that I understand and I agree with, but then I don't agree with because we see this year with with um, the Texans and um, D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud. So that's a defensive coordinator, came over, second pick in the draft just as we have. It worked out. I understand that, but, the but you don't worry about the OC leaving because, like, that's my entire fear. Because this year it my, did, Javel. My, my entire fear: the the first year could go great, but I, and then the guy I'm leaves, okay. and now I, what? I understand that, but you, you you don't know that you you can't you can't for 
foresee what the future holds because we could also be in a situation where we take uh, Justin um, <clears throat> Justin Herbert, okay? Justin Herbert, he's all great now, and I've heard a couple episodes and a couple segments where you say that the Chargers job, GM job, is better because they have Justin Herbert. But understand, his rookie season, he wasn't going to start unless Tyrod Taylor had the injury in the pregame uh, workout. Justin Herbert wasn't going to start the first game for the Chargers of his rookie season. Okay? What if it's uh, Zach Wilson with the Jets and they don't even want him anymore? You know? So, if, if in that case, why not bring Kirk Cousins back? If, if, if the Jets were willing to go do whatever they did for Aaron Rodgers, so you, you can't just base it on. And I don't feel that we necessarily need to take a second-round draft set, uh, a second overall pick on a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor was going to start for the Chargers. So, in in case in our case, what if we can sign Jacoby Brissett back and we still have Sam Howell on the roster? What if we draft May or Williams or Daniels? And what if we don't have anything other than Sam Howell and Sam Howell starts week one for us because he's a better quarterback? So, you, I don't feel you do that. If you get an offensive tackle who's Trent Williams, you draft him. If if you the, think, well, well, appreciate the thanks, call. buddy. We're we're going a lot of, a lot of directions. I, I don't understand the like the Tyrod Taylor thing. I don't care if Justin Herbert was going to start in Week One or Week Six. Justin Herbert, we've seen what he is. Like he was going to turn into a really good player for them. Um, if you don't take a quarterback at two, then you still need a quarterback of the future. The best chance to get that guy and to hit a home run will be at two where you're getting either Caleb Williams or Drake May, who's an elite prospect. But if they pass, like Ron Rivera did on Tua, Herbert, all the other guys, Jordan Love, that whole class of QBs, then, sure, you, you could just trade back or draft something else or get a tackle, and now you got a really good left tackle. That's awesome. Trent Williams to block for John Beck and Rex Grossman or whatever happens after that. So you got to find a quarterback eventually. I'm saying don't wait. Don't make the mistake Rivera did. But if they don't necessarily – want to do it right away, they could wait. You're just not going to probably be picking second again. So it means either trading up and giving up a lot of picks or spending a bunch of money in free agency maybe. Yeah, the the path you're talking about, Jamil, is going bridge quarterback again. That should never be the option. We, we, it, you should feel you should fear how hot that pot is, and you're reaching out to touch it again. You're going, let's, let's have, let these two guys that don't, aren't really that particularly great battle it out. No, for, forever. No to that forever, respectfully. I never want to do that again once for, a, for even a microsecond. I want, to, I want to not even entertain it. I want to go, what draft pick are we using on our next guy? The only exception is if there's some, if I'm some ready-made championship team and I get a disgruntled Hall of Famer that's still got a couple years left with a grievance becomes available and I can get pissed off 40-year-old Tom Brady for a season to go win a Super Bowl. Maybe then we can talk. Other than that, that's a no for me. I just got a message from someone who just bought their tickets to the 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980 live event that we announced earlier today. February 2nd, 8 p.m., Bethesda Theater. We're going to be talking all things Commanders and D.C. sports, off-air, on-stage, uncensored, the Junks, us, B. Mitch and Finley, Sheehan, Russell, Hoffman, Bit Season, everyone will be there. Get your tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com. Next, the PFF writer who says the Commanders have the most assets, draft and uh, money to spend this offseason is going to join us to talk about just how good these openings are. Grant and Danny on the call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondori and Murrah. They can help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention G&D to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Arjun Menon of PFF joins us now. He put together what is an annual project and really one of my favorite pieces of the offseason PFF does every year where they basically rank teams 1-32 to in the order of the ability they'll have to add talent, the assets that they've got in terms of draft capital and cap space. And in a analytical, this is not opinion-driven, but numbers-driven, you know, with data model that they put together, the Washington Commanders Here we go. come in number one. On that list, Arjun joins us now. Thank you for the time. You were on Grant and Danny in D.C. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Appreciate appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you know, really enjoyed writing the piece, and I'm excited to dive a little bit more into it and talk specifically about the commanders. Yeah, so let's do it. I mean, give people an idea of kind of how the model works in terms of you know, quantifying 1-32 to 32 assets for the uh, different teams in the league. Yeah, so really, I mean, it's it's not even a model. It's just a simple kind of composite score that I put together. Um, but really, there's three factors that go into it. One being draft, the most important one being draft capital, um, just because I think being able to build a roster through the draft, getting good players on cheap deals, that's that should be the goal for every franchise. So having as much draft capital as possible. So that's uh, that's one factor in the model. The second one would be effective cap space, which is basically cap space, but you're also accounting for um, your roster having 51 players and signing your projected rookie class to your roster. So that's the second factor. And then the third one is, is uh, proratable money or also known as money. You can restructure from players contracts. What that essentially means is like teams like the saints or the dolphins who are pretty far in the negative. They have a lot of money that they can restructure with their players. And that's something we see the saints do every year. And so I want, I didn't want to penalize the saints for having so much or being so under the cap. And I wanted to account for the fact that, yeah, they can restructure over $120 million in, in money in salary cap space. So uh, restructurable slash proratable money is the third factor. I listed it in the order in terms of how I weighted it. So like I said, I think draft capital is, is 
the most important just because, again, I think that's the most sustainable team building strategy. Then you have uh, salary cap space, and then we have uh, proratable money. So after factoring all of those things in, yeah, commanders came in at number one, second in cap space, second in draft capital, and that formula was, a, was shot up pretty good in the overall composite score. So it, it, you, danced, you answered part of this, but how important is, is the weighting? In other words, a team could have, for the sake of argument, an unbelievable amount of salary cap space, but maybe they traded away a pick or two from, from a previous year. How much would that hurt a potential team like that's ranking in, in, in your score? Yeah, so, again, I think the weighting, it is a little bit subjective, I'll say. Like, I, I thought a lot about it, and, and just because, again, I, I value draft capital a little bit more, that's why I gave a little bit more weight to it. And like you said, like, there is a team that could be, that show up very well in terms of cap space or very well in terms of draft capital. Like, for example, the Giants have a lot of draft capital, but they're actually below the league average in terms of cap space. The Packers are, like, top four in draft capital per the Fitzgerald Spielberger chart but they're like bottom 10 in terms of cap, effective cap space. So I think just understand, like, I think the composite score for the most part does a good job of like understanding that teams would mm-hmm. focus on certain things. So like the Packers would focus on draft capital and some teams would focus on cap space. I think certain teams like to build their teams a certain way. And I think, again, the composite score kind of accounts for both of that. Do you think that this speaks more to uh, the commanders being appealing to GM candidates more so than head coaching candidates or would you say, you know, both would care about something like this? Uh, I, I would definitely say GM candidates would look to this roster and, and be more intrigued by it. I think head coaches would look at this roster and be like, oh, my God, like there's a lot of holes we have to fill. There's a lot of, you know, pieces that, you know, we, we have the cap and we have the draft to do. But, like, just looking at this from an outside perspective, it's not really a roster you can come in, I feel like, and you can win now. It, 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 you know, it could be competitive next year for sure, especially if the, you hit on a quarterback in the first round. But I think a GM would look at this and be like, okay, like I can mold this roster in, in my vision. You have, you know, sort of, I would say, uh, foundational pieces on both sides of the ball with Terry. Uh, you know, Dot, you can put Dotson in there. And then you have, you know, Allen and Payne on the D-line. Um, and, and so you have at least a couple of pieces on both sides of the ball. And I think a GM would look at how much cap space and draft capital you have and really say, okay, this is I, I'm going to build my roster in this vision. I want this image of a, a competitive roster, and I think a GM would look at this more favorably than a, a head coach. It's interesting to me that four of the ten, unless I've got my, my count wrong here, uh, four of those ten teams that are in the top ten of your rankings have head coaching vacancies. So it's almost as if they prioritize the future maybe over the present. I mean, I know that's generalizing, but just something that struck me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think part of that is, you know, I, I, well, the commanders, I think, understood that they weren't going to be very competitive this year. And so they sold off assets. I think, like, with the Patriots, Belichick was always going to hold on to his guys as long as possible. But, but even then, like, he released Jack Jones, like, I think, at, you know, benching Mac Jones as well. Um, and, and with the, you know, I, I think you said three out of the four. I think it's only two out of the four in the top four have head coaching vacancies because the Bears – I believe kept Eberflus. I was saying four um, of the top ten in in the oh, rankings. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So Falcons, yeah. Titans, Raiders, and Patriots. I guess Commanders too. So that's five. Yeah. So yeah. Five. So again, part of that I think is is obviously I updated it right after Week 18. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, some of these teams kind of sell off assets. Some of these teams, you know, still may, might think they're competitive even when they're firing coaches. But I think organizationally, they're not making any all-in moves or any you know big trades. Uh, during uh, the, the trade deadline. And I, I think part of that is just understanding where the roster is at. And 
when you're a team like the Raiders and you fired your head coach before the trade deadline, I think that makes it a lot easier to cut or right before the trade deadline. I think it makes it a lot easier to understand like, okay, we should be building for the future, which I think the commanders did a pretty good job of. All right, John, we probably only have about 30 seconds here, but one non-commander's take that I have looking at this chart, I just want to get a quick thought on. It is that much more shocking to me that the Bears are sticking with Matt Eberflus when they have so much to offer, including the number one overall pick, a real destination this offseason, and they're going to ride it out now with Eberflus. Yeah, I think the interesting thing there is you're either, you know, you're either putting Eberflus with a rookie quarterback and say you don't produce in year one, then he's probably gone because that's three years, no playoffs. Or you're asking Justin Fields to learn his third offensive system in four years, which, you know, some quarterbacks can handle it. Like Justin Herbert's had to go through that. And I mean, he's still, I think, been a top five quarterback. But some, you know, Fields hasn't even been able to produce with continuity at the offensive coordinator position. So I, I think it's a very tough situation. Um, you know, obviously, I hope that things work out for them and uh, they're able to you know, kind of understand what they want from an OC and, and what that OC's vision is in terms of the quarterback position. Arjun, it's a great piece, man. I really like it the best because Washington was number one in those rankings. But uh, <laughs> this was awesome. I really appreciate the time. Good work. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Arjun Manon joining us on Grant and Danny. You can check out the piece. I tweeted it out at Grant H. Paulson. He's with Pro Football Focus. The commanders have isolated their GM search down to two. What would a hiring of either of those two mean for the possible head coaching candidates they might be linked to. Let's get into that next on The Fan. Top of the... Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hour 6 o'clock from the Detroit Free News. Justin Rogers is going to join us. Covers the Lions. We'll ask him about Ben Johnson. We are live at Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria today. Come on out and say hello. We're going to be here until 6.30. Caps tonight just after 7. We'll get you a power play next segment before we get out of here. We started the show talking about the report today. We've confirmed that on the show there are two finalists. It's Peters, Cunningham. Peters from San Francisco. Cunningham cutting his teeth as a Super Bowl champ with the Ravens and with the Eagles. The question is, you know, is there any true like tie between those guys to one of these candidates? I will say, Peters from San Francisco obviously recently worked with Bobby Slowick, who the team is interviewing next week. Probably won't hurt Bobby Slowick. But if he is a guy that some people around the league view as, you know, a year or two ahead of schedule, maybe doesn't quite leave the room just right yet. He's a great designer, but not sure if he can run an entire building and address all 90 players at training camp every day. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that could work against him a little bit where you might be able to go and knock somebody's socks off in an interview and, and come off that way. But Peters might know a lot more about him. So that could work for or against him. I know a lot of people have drawn that link as if, a Peters hire probably means Slowick would soon follow him as, you know, an OC who came as the pass game coordinator 
with Peters and San Fran. I'm not sure that I buy that, though. Well, you never know about the connections. So I don't – now, listen, this one didn't work out like gangbusters, but remember when Mike Shanahan was out of football, he was doing a bunch of research, and he decided when, if and when I go back, I'm going to have Jim Haslett as my D.C., right? Now, I don't think they crossed paths directly working with each other. Maybe they had briefly, but there wasn't this, like – you know, obvious association, but they knew each other through this and that, and Mike Shannon decided he wanted to run this 3-4, and he needed Hazlitt to do it, whatever. So the point's not to say that was a great example of something, other than to say those guys could have run, run across each other at the Senior Bowl, and brains could have been picked, ideas could have been exchanged, stake could have been had at, at, at the Combine in Indianapolis. I mean, who knows? Who knows who or who's envious of who or who likes the way guys do stuff and the way their brain works or, you know, friends of friends. I mean, this, this league is filled with a bunch of people, but it's also really small circles, right? And it's not just the guys that you know great or your best buddies you want to work with. It's, you know, who excites you in the sense that I love the way this guy thinks about using the tight end for the sake of argument. And those kind of designs are awesome. It reminds me what we're doing with Kittle in, in, uh, in San Francisco. So, again, it's hard to, to draw the connection. People always go, these two guys work, to, work together, they'll end up in the same place. It's not always Carolina part two with Ron Rivera. I mean, sometimes the relationships extend beyond having been in the building the same time for years at a time. The link that I do think about is Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he, at a historical season, is viewed as maybe the next great defensive head coach in the league and this young leader of men type who seems to have inspired Baltimore's players this year is a beloved candidate. Well, Cunningham was in Baltimore for years and goes back with McDonald. So that would be one interesting link. I happen to think Peters will get the job. But if it's Cunningham and you're sitting down helping with an interview of McDonald in a week, those guys work pretty closely. I mean, as far as liaisons between football people, scouts, evaluators, and the staff, like they were, best I can tell, pretty responsible for helping to reach across the aisle in mm -hmm. their respective roles years ago. So that would be one to keep in mind, I would think. Uh, but here's the good news, I guess. Take the relationships out of it because, as you said, it's hard to use that as a predictor. Here's what matters more. Based on the hire they make, head coaching candidates will want to come here. Mm -hmm. You're either getting Peters – who was, according to most people, the number one candidate in the cycle for all four of the teams that need a guy, or Cunningham, who happened to be, from what I could tell, Washington's number two coming into their process. I don't know how many teams would rank him there, but certainly one of the most mm -hmm. sought-after guys as well. So regardless of what hire you make, this is not a situation where an agent and a, you know, a head coaching candidate are talking on the phone before you go into the meeting, and you're going to meet, and I'm not trying to run these guys down, but you know, with Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew. You know what I'm saying? You can run that a little bit. You're going to sit down with the hot shot you've been hearing about for years. It was like the GM version of you yeah. in Peters or a similar deal with Cunningham. And I think that holds weight. I think that's a big deal. I think so, too. I mean, again, it's part perception matters so damned much in this thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's all I can think about is for so many years – our own view of ourselves was we're fine, we're one of the good teams, and we would always talk about as a fan base playing down to opponents. And the realization that I came to 15 years ago was we are the down. The teams that are, are doing the schedule breakdown in the spring every year go, oh, look, Washington's on the schedule. That's good. That gives us a chance. Th that perception is what matters almost as much as the actual reality of things. And, and you're right. Like that's, that's the cologne that washes all over you right there 
where it's the as-if cologne, right? Where, like, this group actually belongs. You've got the great thinkers, the smart minds. Even if they're screwing up six ways from Sunday, nobody knows it yet. So, yeah, right now is a good time. We're in that honeymoon phase for sure where everything is new and fresh and especially not Dan. My guess is, and this is something Josh Harris said at the podium, they got a plan in place, you know, before they even mm-hmm. land their executive. So I'm going to say Peters in the next 48 hours or so. Uh, could be as soon as tomorrow into the weekend. If they want him, I think they'll get him, and I think they want him. And then the coach that it seems like was the Peters of the coaching list for them was Ben Johnson, and my guess is that he'll be the answer there as well. Because it's not like he and Peters aren't going to want to work together mm-hmm. as two guys that have had a lot of success climbing the ladder. Grant and Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 